This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Coming up tonight, one of the most outrageous stories you'll ever hear about a state legislature. Now, it doesn't really matter which state legislature it is, but we'll tell you which one it is anyway coming up. You, It'll just blow your mind. Or maybe it won't, because maybe you're just so jaded and cynical like I am uh, that you won't be surprised by this at all. But I'm I pretty to... jaded and cynical about when it comes to legislatures, and I was surprised at what I saw. I have to say I was a little surprised as well. So we'll get to that, but the calls are already on the line, so we're going to the phones. This is the show about your calls. Let's talk, ladies first, to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. I hi. just got the copy of the hate bill. Okay. It's 1105, and everybody needs to read this. One of the senators sent it to me. What is, uh, can you summarize it for us, Paula? Well, it's basically if you say anything about anybody having to do with uh, race, religion, disability, whatever, you're going to go to jail. How can they and, have passed um, this? I mean, it sounds so anti-First Amendment to me. That's right, and that's what I told them. I said, I, that's why I wanted to see who, was, who, who would vote on this, and they had the members of, of the Senate in here because it's in the Senate now. And they had their names in here, and it hasn't cleared the Senate as far as I know yet. But they said that GW was going to veto it anyway. Hmm. So are you I, are you sure you're not exaggerating it a little bit, Paula? No, I've got it right here in front of me. Okay. And so what are the, what are they going to do? Put people in jail? Yep. Amazing. So I can't I'm, say anything about their race, their religion, uh, um, anything about the way they made. I mean, this, this just goes too far. What is I mean, it? it was, the, it's unconstitutional to begin with. What makes you think that uh, George Bush is going to uh, veto it? They said he was. Uh, that would be that would be a shock because I think he's what vetoed one bill in his whole time no, as president. No, he vetoed a lot of them. No, he hasn't. You're he living has. in a fantasy world. He has not vetoed a lot of That's bills what unless we've been told. Uh, unless he's all of a sudden started doing it within the last few months and uh, we didn't know about it. Well, they said when they did this that they they knew he was going to veto it. Well, he didn't veto until his second term. Um, I mean, his whole, he spent his whole first yeah. term no vetoes. But anyway, uh, you need to get a copy of this. I can fax it to you. No, no, that's okay. I, I can't really, I can't read legalese, Paula. So it's, it's just not. not even it's, worth very, my while. it's very. It's uh, very. It's not that difficult. You just play it in English. Well, thank you for uh, for summarizing it for us, and we appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Would love to hear somebody else who has had a chance to read over the bill. Uh, as far as their interpretation of it, uh, just because you know Paula certainly is. I, mean, I haven't I, gotten anything on it, and that's what really seems so strange to me. Normally, our listeners are pretty Johnny on the spot with sending us critical things like this and keeping us in the loop. So uh, you have to take a, take Paula's word with a grain of salt. In fact, you should take everybody's word with a grain of salt. But I would like to hear maybe some uh, corroboration on those allegations. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. I was just reading a story in Talkers Magazine, the industry publication for the talk radio business, and they were talking about uh, radio talk shows that are syndicated into different countries. So, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, Free Talk Live getting on in Canada, there are rules there that say you can't disparage races and that sort of thing. Not that we, not that we would do that on this show, but if a caller got in, on the air and said something about somebody's race, could be a problem. That could be a problem that could get you kicked off the air in Canada. Wow. So, you know, it's not on. These things aren't of unheard of in the Western world. Of course, Canada doesn't have a First Amendment, as as I understand it. Uh, so. Maybe that's coming here soon, and maybe it'll be just one of those things where, well, the First Amendment does exist, but the Supreme Court will determine that uh, you don't have a freedom to offend anybody anymore in America. Who knows? 
who knows where we're going. But it doesn't sound very pro-freedom to me. It doesn't sound um, doesn't sound good because here in America, the the whole point of the first or one of the points of the First Amendment it does cover a number of things. But freedom of speech, the idea is that you're supposed to be able to speak out and criticize and say what you want, um, and Nobody is supposed to be able to be in, get in trouble for offending someone else. Right. It, in it protects unpopular speech, not popular speech, because that doesn't need protection. Exactly. Uh, let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Chris in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Chris. Hello. What's on your mind? Hi. Uh, I was calling about Krishna, the last caller, and uh, I could not believe... I was hearing. This is last night. She was a very final caller of the show from uh, California. She'd called in, 60-year-old lady, to just trash on uh, the feminist movement and uh, women in general uh, for going out and, and... essentially blaming the nanny state on... Um, on women. On women. Yeah. And uh, the feminist movement in general. Right. And she was trashing on women for going after, you know, marrying guys just to divorce them and sort of clean them out and all of that. And she... what? what why were you so outraged or... I mean, how did you feel exactly? <laughs> Uh, just, I've never, like, that was the, probably the greatest call you got to ever get. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was really something. I've tried to say things like that in the past on the air, and Ian's always beat me up, so. <laughs> yeah, Ian's racist against white men. You think? Okay. <laughs> well, at least it seems like it. you always hate on white men, but. I don't hate I, on white men. What are you talking about? Well, every time a uh, white guy will call up and you know they're white, you'll, you know, as soon as they say the slightest thing that's either kind of racist, then you'll. Be like, oh, you're racist immediately, and you know everybody. Nobody's perfect, but normally the only time I reference uh, reference white people is when people call in to say the, the Hispanics are ruining this country, and We're then being I, yeah. then I'll point yeah. out that the people that are in charge of this country are a bunch of white boys. So you yeah. know that's that's the only time I really bring it up, at least as I but recall. Anyway, that, I don't care about that. I can't believe this woman would like. I didn't think that such a woman actually existed. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Well, we apparently had to import her. She said she was born in another country. Really? Yeah. Well, she wants to run for president. She's got one vote. Very good. And she needs to be on that. I'd like to hear a few more of her platforms, but it was certainly an entertaining call. Well, Well, she said she'll call in today, and I hope she does. She did say that, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Thanks for the call, Chris. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Uh, Just to bring Julia up to speed, the woman called in. And she was talking about how, well, the reason why the nanny state's here is because of all these women that are getting into politics and the, the feminist movement. And, uh, we, of course, we're talking about how in the liberty movement it's very difficult to find women. Um, it's just – it's dominated by men. Do you think that there's something in, the, uh, in a woman's nature that just makes them more likely to support government controls? I don't know. That's a tough question. I think that there's a lot – of women who are sort of apathetic. Do you think that they want to control? Um, you know, th- th- they want to see uh, their families protected. They they want to they want to use the government in, to control right. in that aspect, and that as um, a result. I can I can see that. I definitely don't want to make a blanket statement about all women, but it well, seems you can't to make me, a blanket statement about all women, right? But a lot of it, them are. Pervasive. They are controlling, and a lot of them like to be taken care of. So I mean, I guess it makes some amount of sense. What do you think the uh, I mean what do you think the best way would be to help those women understand that the government's safety net while it sounds good when you say it like that there's a safety net it's social security it's welfare uh, I mean the, the, a, a woman who wants to be protected is, is going to like that concept so how do we help them I guess understand that that's not necessarily beneficial for us Well a lot of people like that safety net so the same way that you would 
point it out to anybody else. So you wouldn't approach it in a different way just because you're talking to a woman? No, I think that every person is different and that you should approach the way that you talk about liberty all different kinds of ways. Generally, what I do is I don't talk about politics or lack of politics at all, for example, where I work. But if somebody says something where I feel like I can make a comment that that will be relevant to them, like if somebody's complaining about something bad that happened to them mm-hmm. because of the government, then I can throw in a comment. And that's sort of how I approach everybody. I don't approach men or women differently. You know, I wonder Just if whatever maybe, issue is important to them. Maybe we could um, maybe we could point out to them or help them understand that it's more caring to voluntarily contribute to charity and to be involved in that sort of a process and that kind of a safety net than it is to be involved in government coercion. So, I mean, to sort of appeal to their uh, nurturing nature, their their their, uh, their desire to care for others. It's like, you know, they're going to want if you talk about putting more money into their pockets, you talk about that, that's going to be good. They'll see that for themselves as a good thing, but then they'll worry about the neighbors down the road and, uh, well, my neighbors but, down the street won't take care of their kids right, so don't we need welfare around to uh, to help out with that? In which case, maybe you should spin it and, and and point out to them that, well, you know, that may sound like a good idea, but then you're forcing your neighbors to pay to take care of your other neighbors, and using force on others isn't right. So why don't we just simply let people contribute to charities run by people who are volunteering, who obviously care more because they're volunteering as opposed to bureaucrats getting a paycheck. I'm just saying maybe we could shift, um, if, you're t- if you're talking to a woman, housewife kind of caring lady, maybe you should sh- shift your uh, your sales pitch, if you will, into sort of how this can help people Healing care more. our world. That's a good book it for women. It is a great book. You're right. Healing Our World, Dr. Mary Ruart. More on the way. The Gord Captain's on the line. We'll talk to you about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free live streams are there. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version waiting for you. Enjoy them on us, freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun talk, to the Gord Captain in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Mark, as a resident statist about um, intellectual property, uh-huh. I'd bring up some of the weirder areas of intellectual property and see what your opinion was, opinions were on that. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, online, for instance, there's people who will do um, parodies of TV series. For instance, the, there's a horrible anime series known as Yu-Gi-Oh! And somebody took it, chopped out the audio... Cut it down and stuck an audio making fun of it and stuck on YouTube as Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series. So they they had the same video, they just put in different audio on top of it is what you're saying. As a parody. Gotcha. Right. Now, um, parodies are, you know, have enjoyed uh, a, a certain amount of... They've, they've, you know, they've managed to do parodies on television without getting into all kinds of copyright law. Um, I think that if a person's not making any money on it, especially in the case that you're talking about, it's just a parody online, that there shouldn't be any issue. What are the damages, right. you know? But, right, but the catch is that they've been taken off YouTube for copyright violation. Right. And... Also been threatened repeatedly by the owners of said copyright. I don't agree with the copyright and uh, patent laws as they currently stand. Right. Now, 
Here's another one that's slightly stickier situation-wise. Fan fiction. People who, I don't know why, they'll take... Yes, yes, I'm familiar. You know, takes some series, you know, say Free Talk Live and let's say... Right, a Ian slash Mark. Well, yeah, but we're not copyrighted, so that that wouldn't work. This isn't. There's no intellectual property laws that I'm invoking get, to protect the show. Right. Never been covered in court. Somebody will somebody take right. Somebody will take their favorite fictional series, book, or whatever, and they'll uh, you know they'll write more to it. Just uh, you know for, for the purpose of enjoying the characters themselves and uh, anybody else who wants to listen to it. Or hear it, or read it, or whatever. Sometimes it, is it gets do. a little weird. Like uh, there's sex, uh, sex fan fiction, yeah, where there is with like Harry Potter and stuff. Yeah, slash exactly. is a term for homosexual relationships in a series. What is that? Slash. I see. That's, for some places, where it's completely inappropriate, there's more of that than the you know actual pairings that make sense in some places. Hmm. Don't ask me why. So wait, what were you going to say about fan fiction? You know, I was just going to ask Mark what he thought about the legality of it. Uh, like I said, if nobody's making any money off of it, I don't see a problem. All right. Now, what do you think about people, like, say, making personal copies of stuff they own for their own use? They bought it. Right. Like, you know, I'm currently, as we speak, making a copy of, a, of an old video game so I can run it off the laptop while leaving the original copy at home. Okay. Yeah. I don't see any problem right, with you're that. Right. slightly less of a... And if you, mark, that, if you took that, if you took that, if you took that copy and you gave it to someone and they were able to use it, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. Really? I, I don't know. I mean, it's when you're isn't that piracy? Now, if you sold that to someone, about, then I have a problem. What about free BitTorrents? Uh, you, you know, there's nobody making any money on those BitTorrents, right? Right. The, uh, the thing is, is intellectual property is is facing something uh, you know unlike it's ever faced before. It's facing the internet, and intellectual property laws have to change in some manner or another. I'm not sure how they're gonna how they're gonna look. I'm not even positive how they should look. It does seem wrong to me that I would take uh, um, Lionel Richie's songs and uh, you know copy them and and sell them, and uh, Lionel Richie doesn't get a cut. But at the same time, if I'm just giving them away. What are you going to do to stop it? Apparently, uh, you know, millions of songs but, um, are getting shared every uh, every month on. Uh, I'm glad to hear this because while I tend to follow Ian's position, Mark tends to be the more ra- rational talker, and you know, doesn't tend to go as flying into fits as often. Mm. Yeah, well, I would I, agree. I'd say, actually, yeah, I was going to say, I'd I'd say seen, the opposite. I've mm-hmm. seen Mark has have some fits before. Yeah, well, he's not usually as much of a jerk when he's doing it. Bye. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call, <laughs> Gord Captain. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yes, you, your can, people. you can bring up whatever you want. Let's talk to Brad in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live, Brad. Hey, I'm calling to give you guys some more details about that hate bill the Please woman do. called in about. Right. So I've listened to some pretty entertaining punditry this morning, and I know neither Gwen Beck or Laura Ingram are really credible in any way. Right. But I think the woman may have been confusing two separate bills. Firstly, Bush is going to veto something or already did. And what that is, is it's called the S-CHIP, and I think the CHIP stands for Children's Health Insurance Program or something like that. Okay. And they want to add money to it, and they were going to pay for it with a federal excise tax on cigarettes going up 61 cents per pack. Wow. Oh, boy. Um, per pack of cigarettes. And Bush did veto that or is going to. He claims it's because it's a regressive tax on the poor, but he probably has money in tobacco companies. Regardless, it sure. would be horrible, and, you know, it was funny, though, because, you know, Laura Ingram kept talking about, oh, but it's for the children, which is such a classic, like, libertarian joke mm-hmm. about ridiculous government programs. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is Ted Kennedy added something to a defense, the Defense Authorization Act that's coming up 
that adds hate crime bills and it moves them to a federal level and it adds homosexuals as a protected class. Mm. And I think the main complaint here is that it's moving pre-existing hate laws to be federal crimes when the federal government isn't supposed to have really any law enforcement power besides relating to so, um, counterfeiting immigration, so etc. So when you say they're moving the hate crimes to a federal level, you're saying that the, uh, the, the states that have laws that say that, well, if you commit murder and you yell out that I hate you, white boys, or whatever, during, uh, you know, during the murder, then it's all of a sudden a, a hate crime versus instead of just being a murder, it's now a hate murder. And so therefore the state penalties are more... Or more excessive uh, for I, the I believe hate crimes. so. I haven't read the text of this or done that much research besides what I heard. But from what I understand, the main complaint is not that is not anything new. If you already think hate crime laws are ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Except that homosexuals are often not a protected class. The main thing is that it federalizes it when right. state laws already deal with it, and that's what I heard from like. Um, congressmen, et cetera, they talked to, they were saying, well, you know, these are already things that are crimes at a state level. Why would you ever federalize this? Well, because the federal government wants more control over well, it. Well, no, yeah, obviously, right. I understand that. But, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, and the other thing that had to do with the uh, cigarette tax, I don't know if those were somehow linked, because, you know, they just make these huge amalgamations of ridiculous right. laws. Right. But that is S-CHIP, is what you would type in to get whatever the acronym is. Very good, Brad. Thanks that. for the clarification. Yeah. I appreciate it, and thank you for the call. 1-800-259-9231. Paula, she just gets a little confused by all the faxes that come through her fax well, machine. We're, we're taking um, his word for granted, too. I, I do believe him. He but... sounded a little more lucid than Paula. Anyway, uh, so these hate she crime, had the law right there in front of her. This hate crime legislation is uh, it does exist. I don't know if all the states have them. So if it's federalized, and that means states that don't have them will all of a sudden uh, have them, uh, at least by by the fact that they are federal. And it just seems totally unnecessary to me. I mean, if you commit a murder or you rob a store or you beat somebody up or whatever it is that you do, it shouldn't matter whether or not you hate gay people. If you've beaten up a gay man, the point is you've beaten up an individual. You've beaten up someone. You've taken away value from their life. That's what needs to be um, compensated for. Not the fact that you might not like the way their sexual preference is. I mean, that's just, hate crime legislation seems completely unnecessary. Is, aren't uh, most crimes uh, crimes against rich people? You know, people that have more money than the thief thinks that they should have? Mm. Isn't that hate crime? Yeah, and what happens if a gay person attacks a gay person? Does that person not have to spend as much time in jail as a non-gay person attacking a gay person? It's just absurd. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free. The bulletin board system's there with over a quarter of a million posts, over 1,700 people interacting, lots of fun stuff and serious issues all being discussed, and it's all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com. Get you there. bbs.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. 
We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's see. Do we talk about Chicago surveillance or a hazing story from the military? Let's go with surveillance because you're too slow. I'm sorry. Chicago, a car circles a high-rise three times. Someone leaves a backpack in a park. Such things go noticed unnoticed in big cities every day. But that could change in Chicago with a new video surveillance system that will recognize such anomalies and alert authorities to take a closer look. On Thursday, the city and IBM Corporation are announcing the initial phase of what officials say could be the most advanced video security network in any U.S. city. The city of Broad Shoulders is getting eyes in the back of its head. Sam Dokinvich, who heads the video surveillance consulting for IBM, says Chicago is really light years ahead of any metropolitan area in the United States now. Chicago already has thousands of security cameras in use by businesses and police, including some equipped with devices that would recognize the sound of a gunshot, turn the cameras toward the source, and place a 911 call. But the new system would let cameras analyze images in real time 24 hours a day. So you thought it was bad enough that the cities were installing video cameras all over the place, uh, Chicago, New York City, I think D.C., Baltimore. They've got cameras just everywhere. And, uh, I mean, it's just ubiquitous. You can't really walk down a public street anymore without having some government-approved camera system monitoring your every move. But one of the sort of flaws with the system is that it had to be monitored by a person. There had to be somebody sitting in some government bureaucra- uh, bureaucracy somewhere, flipping through channels. Right now, Skynet is alive. It's getting that way, yeah. isn't it? Uh, they're they're making these systems smarter. They're going to make it uh, so they can identify all sorts of things, and that way the police can come out and harass you for the most innocent of activities. We'll get into that here in a moment. Uh, he says you're talking about creating something that knows no fatigue, no boredom, and is absolutely focused. Doesn't that sound kind of Terminator-like? Yeah. Yeah, in that's, fact, that's why I use the Skynet analogy. Yeah, he, in fact, I think the uh, the original ad for uh, for, Termi- for the Terminator in the 1980s said something like, "He feels no remorse, he feels no pain," and that sort of thing. It's just almost identical, mm. except they don't actually have the bots out on the street quite yet. That's probably another decade or so away, maybe 20, 10, 10, 20 years that away. That sounds kind of Robo Robocop s Robocop s. You don't think they're working towards that? They've maybe. got tanks. Yeah, they do. Uh, the, uh, the, the the same people that make the Roomba vacuum are actually in the middle of uh, developing robots for the military. Mm. And you can better believe that there's law enforcement officers across the country that would just salivate at the opportunity to have these things. They have the bomb. They have the bomb robots. Yeah. Already. Uh, I anyway. can see the, the bomb robots make good sense to me personally. I mean, if well, they're not out patrolling they whip, the streets. They whip them out awfully quickly. But yeah. For example, uh, he says the system could be programmed to alert the city's emergency center whenever a camera spots a vehicle matching the description of one being sought by authorities. Now, that doesn't seem like... I mean, there's a lot of vehicles out there on the roads, but a lot of them look the same. Like, if if the the authorities are looking for a black Toyota Corolla, there's probably more than a handful of those in the area that you live. So are they going? I mean, are the cops going to be called out to tail you around if you your car happens to resemble the the car of a criminal, an alleged criminal? Are you going to be pulled over and harassed because some automated camera system Seems recognized like you? He says uh, so. Also, apparently, the system could be programmed to recognize license plates. It could alert um, emergency officials if the same car or truck circles the Sears Tower three times, or if nobody picks up a backpack in Grant Park for say 30 seconds. 
IBM says this approach might be more effective than relying on a bleary-eyed employee to monitor video screens. Studies have shown that people fall asleep, according to yeah, uh, oh yeah. person. It's unclear whether the system will be fully operational or when the system will. Uh, existing cameras could be equipped with the new software, but additional cameras probably will be added as well. Of course they will, because they want to spend more of your money and increase their surveillance of your activities. Yeah, now, surveil. Now, it seems to me like this might backfire a little bit. How so? Because if the cameras are reporting all of this minutia, like, oh no, a backpack's been left in the park for 30 seconds, uh, or a car has been driving around the same building three They'll times. They'll need more police officers, bigger budget. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, what I was going to say is that it would result in more calls coming into the police, and so therefore they'd have all this minutia to go out and investigate, most of which, probably 99.99% of which, will turn out to be completely innocuous stuff. You know, somebody left their backpack by the tree as they went out to take a quick jog or something like that. And of course, whenever anything backfires on them, they just need more money, so uh, it's probably not a good thing. The person driving around the building... Uh, that could be anything. That could be somebody lost, somebody waiting for looking for a parking space. Looking for a parking space could be somebody waiting for someone to come out of the building. But you can't just sit there on the road in a big city. You have to keep driving around. When we went to our hotel at the Talkers Magazine convention, we drove around the hotel at least twice before we figured out what the hell we had to do. I, when I go to New York, I often drive around the block more than one time. Right. So before you know it, you're going to have a cop right on your tail pulling you over for suspicious driving or something like that. But what happens with that? I mean, sometimes. It seems like you could get into trouble with that police officer, right? What is it that they're going to say to you when they catch you with circling the block three times? I guess they're going to ask you what you're doing. I'm, I'm trying to find a parking space. Thank you for asking. Do you know where one is? I don't know how else they'll handle that, Mark. Right. I'm not I'm sure. Just, I, I don't particularly like being asked what I'm doing. What do you got in there? You don't have anything I take a look? Yeah, you don't have anything I, I'm not going to want to see, do you? I've got nothing to hide. Step out of the car. No. That's not a uh, request, sir. You're going to be stepping out of the car. Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? You're being detained. Step out of the car. Okay. Just, reasonable suspicion is that you were driving around the building three times. There you go. Then, then that's then this is see this is that's how where it's going we're going. Go. It's a bunch. Of, it's a big waste of time. Yep. The complexity of the software is going to define how quickly we'll be able to do this, said the expert. Chicago's announcement comes as it's vying to bring the Olympics to town. A purportedly security-enhancing surveillance system is something the city officials could trumpet to the International Olympic Committee. Uh, neither Smith or IBM would reveal the cost of the network, but Smith says much of it would be paid by the Department of Homeland Security. Oh, that's great. The, the uh, employees of the Department of Homeland Security are going to reach into their pockets and actually pay for Chicago's surveillance system? But that's yeah, how it so. starts, but then the no, federal government will no, no. start making rules that they have to follow if they want to continue to get that kind of money. Well, that much is true. And no, it's not the department employees that are going to pay. It's Never. you and I. Yeah. I love it when they write that in the news. Like, oh, it's this government department that's paying for it. No problem. No, it's, so much. it's the taxpayers. They're paying for it. Uh, the cost of previous surveillance efforts has run into the millions of dollars. Just adding devices that allow surveillance cameras to turn toward the sound of gunfire costs as much as $10,000 per unit. Some critics question whether some systems are effective and whether they could lead to an unwarranted invasion of privacy. I wonder if clapping your hands next to uh, one of these units will set it off. I don't know. Yes. I, I, you uh, have you heard a uh, 22? Have you heard one of them? I mean, it's been a while. I, I don't. I don't think that they can. Uh, will be able to distinguish between a good clap and uh, a 22. <laughs> well, that could mean that uh, you could be charged with illegal cl- uh, clapping, Mark. Yeah. 
Jonathan Schotter, a public policy lecturer, said there are no studies that show cameras actually reduce crime. And the idea that placing cameras near strategic assets would prevent a terrorist attack is absurd, he said. Because you can bet that the terrorist that's getting ready to blow up the Sears Tower with a truck bomb isn't going to drive around three times before he sets it off. He's going to pull right up alongside the building and bleep, and that's going to be it. They're not going to have time to react. Ed Yokna, spokesperson for the American Civil Liberties Union, said he was concerned that more cameras and more sophisticated technology would lead to abuses of authority, saying it's incumbent on the city to ensure there are practices and procedures in place to sort of watch the watchers. You see how weak that that is? He's not arguing against the system. He's just saying, well, we need to have people protecting us from the system. The system's okay, but we need to make sure that the city's being good with it. We need to put some protections in place. Right. And d- did not he learn anything from the uh, communist Russia? Watching the watchers doesn't work, because if you're watching the watchers, all you have to do is pay off the watchers of the watchers, and then you have to hire another level to watch the watchers who are watching the watchers. It's, I mean, it just goes on forever. There's, there's corruption that rises through the ranks. No amount of oversight can ever really make the city work correctly. It just makes the government bureaucracy bigger. More on the way, and we'll talk about Britain's experiment with the cameras on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a cut of all pretty much anything that you buy, whether it's new from one of their 41 categories of products or even one of their used items that's being sold by an individual seller. We get a cut of that, too. Uh, Gift certificates, Amazon Unbox, you name it. Start your shopping experience at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And we're talking about security cameras and how Chicago is ready to start spending more taxpayer dollars to upgrade their existing network of Thousands of cameras that they have throughout the city. Um, they've already spent ten thousand dollars per camera in order to uh, give them the gunshot recogniz- uh, recognizing capability. To where, if a gunshot is fired, then the camera will turn in that direction and dial a call to nine one one. So ten thousand dollars per camera for that. Who knows how much it costs to actually install the cameras in the first place? And now they're talking about upgrading software to where the camera can recognize suspicious activity, like driving around a building, apparently that's suspicious activity, or leaving a backpack in a park for 30 seconds, apparently that's suspicious activity. Those were only two of the examples that they gave in the article, so who knows what else they're going to consider suspicious and what else these cameras will be able to identify. Well, they have that that facial recognition software that's out there, right? Which has been awful um, up until this point. I don't know if it's any better now, but presumably it will get better over time. Well, they can probably tell an Arab guy, uh, pick him right out of the crowd. But they did... uh, they tried that in Ybor City in uh, the Tampa area in Florida, and they actually had to stop it because it was resulting in too many false identifications, and mm. the cops were wasting their time going around harassing innocent people. Oh, good heavens. Which is just going to be what's going to happen here, but that's not going to matter because, uh, well, it's an excuse for the government to spend more money. See? See, it doesn't really matter to them whether or not these work, whether or not the cameras are actually effective. That's not a factor. They think that it. They no, it I sounds. Think they, I effective. think they consider it uh, a fact. They consider, they it, consider effective. it effective. But no, is it effective? And if it's not effective, oh, uh, oh well. 
Right. See, that's that. Um, you're pointing out. I think they want it to be effective, certainly. But if it isn't effective, well, it wasn't our money that we spent on it. It was the taxpayers. And you're, you know, so it, it's sort of the 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 truth is a middle midway between uh, what they think and what you think. Well, but if it's not effective, Mark, remember what happens with government programs. When government programs fail, whether it be your government schools, whether it be the you know roads department, whatever, whenever government fails at something, the government bureaucracy gets more money. It is true. And uh, so what they're going to do here is they're going to point out somebody's eventually going to point out in this country that these close ca- uh, closed circuit television cameras are not effective at lowering crime. And then the government's just going to say, well, obviously we need to upgrade the software. Yeah. Obviously we need more cameras. Well, they, they've, you know, they were a little shaky at first, but they've gotten some upgrades and we're ready to dish out 30000 30, a camera right. to get it. Right. Now that we've got the infrastructure in, we just need more cameras and more software, which is going to cost millions more dollars, but just trust us, it's going to work soon. And in fact, the statistics are now showing from London that these cameras, they don't do jack squat. In fact... The, uh, we'd, we'd speculated to this because there were, again, Baltimore and other areas of the country were putting these camera systems in. Mm-hmm. And I think, Mark, you had said that it's just going to drive crime indoors. So if something's happening outside and people know that it was happening outside and they can move it inside like a drug deal or something like that, then they're just going to do it indoors. Right. Who's going who's gonna to do their drug dealing outdoors on the street now? Well, we need cameras inside people's houses. Yep, that's and the that's next step. the next step. So once they complete the... I out- don't know. It's, it doesn't seem like something that's going to happen tomorrow, but... It's surprising to me that we'd have cameras cameras on the street uh, doing what they're doing here. Right. Um, it's amazing that this is going on right now. And you're right. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow. They've got to have time to implement their camera system to the fullest extent outdoors. And then the numbers are going to start coming out like they are from London that are going to say, well, this just isn't that effective. Because and they're they're going to give that as a reason. Well, it's just driving people indoors. We need cameras inside houses, and we'll start with convicted felons. Yeah. Because nobody cares about convicted felons. Well, here's a convicted felon that they're not going to put a camera inside my house. Oh, yes, they will, sir. Either that or you're going to go to the jail. Oh, but you're a convicted felon in your hours. We own you. Uh, So, London, apparently, according to thisislondon.co.uk, has 10,000 crime-fighting CCTV cameras, which cost £200 million, figures show. But an analysis of the publicly funded spy network, which is owned and controlled by local authorities and Transport for London, has cast doubt on its ability to help solve crime. A comparison of the number of cameras in each London borough with a proportion of crimes solved there found that police are no more likely to catch offenders in those areas with hundreds of cameras than in those with hardly any. Hmm. In fact, four out of five of the boroughs with the most cameras have a record of solving crime that is below average. The figures, see, if you still have a bunch of bureaucrats sitting around eating donuts that don't actually have an incentive to go out and solve crime or stop crime, then all the cameras aren't going to do you any good. All the cameras in the world won't change it. All they're going to do is inconvenience the rest of us who might happen to look like a suspect or drive around a building a few times. And cost us a mint. Yep, the Lib Dems policy spokes, uh, policing spokeswoman said these figures suggest there's no link between a high number of CCTV cameras and a better crime clear-up rate. We've estimated that CCTV cameras have cost the taxpayer in the region of £200 million in the last 10 years, but it's not entirely clear if some of that money would not have been better spent on police officers. Of course, you know, the government, they don't want to give you your money back. They can, the government people can always think of a new area to spend your money in. Like, oh, this isn't working well, but oh, we're not going to give it back to you. Let's try more cops instead. 
Well, actually, there is one suggestion that was made, which is kind of interesting. The figures appear to confirm earlier studies which have thrown doubt on the effectiveness of CCTV cameras, so this wasn't the first one. Uh, a report by the criminal justice charity Nucro in 2002 concluded the money spent on cameras would be better used on street lighting, which has been shown to cut crime by up to 20%. <laughs> lights. Right. So there are more lights around, less likely you're going to get mugged, that sort of thing. Amazing. So the cameras didn't do anything for crime, but lights do. That's correct. God. Scotland lights Yard... are probably a little cheaper than cameras. I too. imagine you're right. Scotland Yard is trying to improve its track record on the use of CCTV and has set up a special unit which collects and circulates t- uh, CCTV image of crimi- uh, images of criminals. A pilot project is running in some areas and is expected to be rolled out across the capital. The figures only include state-funded cameras. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you that if you actually looked at privately run cameras, probably um, actually significantly higher at catching criminals because they're actually... In the businesses, uh, they're they're being monitored by real security people. Well, they're motivated um, to 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 succeed too. If uh, if a police officer fails to catch a criminal, it's very unlikely that that police officer is going to face any kind of disciplinary action, or um, because so many of his peers do the same thing, or uh, get fired, or you know lose a contract. There's certainly the the police department isn't going to get any less funding as a result. And but a, a security company that fails to catch a criminal. Well, they could likely get replaced with a better security mm-hmm. company. If they're actually successful at cutting crime, what will they do with all the police officers? Well, oh, that uh, because they're they're so much more efficient now, and yeah. they'd have to cut their staff. Well, <laughs> they'd figure something out. Yeah, let's go to the phones. You can bring up anything, John, in California. You're on free talk. Maybe they'd assign them to the neighborhood uh, grass squad. You know, the water squad yeah. goes around to see if your grass is uh, being watered, that sort of thing. They put an old lady sure in jail for that reason. Zoning police. Make sure you're not watering your lawn when you're not supposed to. Exactly. Let's talk to John in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind, John? <laughs> um, well, it's kind of peculiar. A buddy of mine at work, is, uh, uh, he's asking me, he says, dude, where do transvestites go to jail? And I was, <laughs> I was like, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll top you one better. Where do hermaphrodites go to jail? And uh, then I researched it. I was like looking up on uh, on the web, and I found that there was actually a case back in nineteen or no two thousand four in Wyoming or something like that, where this intersexual person, I guess they were, you know, they're born with both bits and pieces or whatever, mm-hmm. and and they they didn't get, you know, because usually they wait until they get older, I guess, from what I've heard, before they get one of them, they choose which way to go, right, mm-hmm. remove, and, yeah, yeah, and uh. So this person chose to go female, but they kept, I guess, the other thing, you know. And right. um, so they ended up getting into trouble, I guess. I don't know what they did, but they ended up going to prison. When they went into prison, they found that, you know, this person wasn't like all the others. So they were like, okay, they locked this person up in solitary confinement yeah, for 14 months. I was going to say months. that's what they do it. That's what they yeah. do it. That's wrong, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really rough. I, you know, nobody wants to be in solitary um, by themselves in there, and uh, that's what happens to you if you're too different to be in population. Well, well it also, I guess I, I, I found out that also they ended up suing the prison for cruel and unusual punishment. I guess the judge only gave, gave him like a thousand bucks or whatever. Hmm. So that's sad. I, I just thought that was really wrong. Uh, but also, I wanted to know a if. If a hermaphrodite was to call in, would they be after a girl? Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys always, you know. That's it would, a good uh, it would be up to the call screener to decide whether or not they were talking to a male or a female. <laughs> right. Because uh, we don't have any way of uh, checking their uh, oh. actual 
gender. Also, also, if a hermaphrodite has a kid, then essentially that kid would be teabagged at birth. I'm not sure if we can get into that, but thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 at the SACL CAI toll-free line. Oh, my. Hour two is coming up. You can bring up anything. On the way, hazing and the military. And your calls. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231, and that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. freetalklive.com. We go right into the phone calls to start things out. Uh, Still to come, talk about hazing. But first, it's John in Texas on uh, the amplifier line. Hello, John. John? Texas? John in Texas? Uh, Hello? What's on your mind, John? Uh, it's Josh. Oh, sorry about that, Josh. What's on your mind? <laughs> um, uh, I just wanted to bring up uh, the new YouTube video of Big Hit. Um, it's where the Texas uh, legislation are voting for more than themselves, and in some cases voting for over, like, like the four people, and just voting for other people. And it, it seems like like children doing like something they're not supposed to do when the teacher isn't paying attention. This is pretty amazing stuff. This is the audio that I had uh, mentioned at the very beginning of the show. It's from a Texas television station. I'll put you on hold and we'll bring it back. You can comment as a Texas resident. Uh, but this is actually going on in Texas at the state legislature, the state house. Uh, and I'm sure it's going on other in other state legislatures. They just haven't been caught at it yet. Let me play the audio and then we'll see what you think. It's a record vote. Clark, please read the bell. This is State Representative Debbie Riddle. She authored the bill that would require voters to show a photo ID. Kirk, bring the bell. It's a record vote. It's all about integrity. Record vote. But the integrity of one person, one vote doesn't apply at the legislature. We found many lawmakers vote more than once. Take a look. Riddle votes, turns around, votes again for State Rep Kemple. Rewind. And watch the men on the screen. Elkins goes to vote for Merritt, but Hancock is faster. Elkins heads back to his desk, but before he can vote, Joe Crabb turns around and beats him to it. There is so much going on during the vote on the HPV vaccine mandate, you really have to pay attention. Start with State Rep Hamilton at his desk, who leans over to vote a second time for his desk mate, Dan Branch, then reaches back to vote for Charlie Howard and casts a fourth vote for Wayne Smith. <laughs> There's more, but... Can you believe this? You get the idea. And as a matter of fact, they say in there that they're they're voting across party lines. Uh, Republicans are voting for Democrats. Democrats are voting for Republicans. Right. Um, it, basically, the way it works is um, now I'm sure each um, state house is laid out differently. For instance, here in New Hampshire, it's sort of a, uh, an auditorium thing where there's seats and they're just sitting right next to one another. Well, there's 400 here. Right. So that's true. More. Um, so in Texas, they're all sitting at desks. They're at like two-person desks where they've got a little panel and they can vote electronically on the different issues that come up. So yay, nay, or whatever. And in many cases, they're just legislators, uh, legislators that don't show up. They just, you know, they got something else to do or they don't care about the whatever the issue whatever is. Whatever the issue is, they don't show up. 
And so the guys are sitting there that actually are in the the, um, the legislature. They're voting for themselves, literally just turning around in their chair and then hitting the people that are you know not there. If they're not there behind them, they'll just turn around See, and vote is, for them. This is something that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, if if for, for instance uh, I'm a Republican and a Democrat uh, votes for me and they vote some way that I wouldn't want to vote and I wasn't there. What's to stop me from saying, look, I was out that day, and somebody must have voted for me. This is, this is terrible, and I'd turn, it, turn the story over to the news media. They must have some sort of an agreement with each other. I guess, I, or, or they leave um, with their um, desk mate, because they share them, a list of what it is that they want to vote on. Either one of these things, I think, is a problem, but the one of them, I, I just can't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Let me play just a little bit more of the audio here. He's not the only one scrambling to vote. Rewind the video and take a look at the top of the screen. State reps West and Phillips both lean over to vote for themselves and their deskmates. Phillips votes a third time for Christian. On the left, Donna Howard votes for State Rep Vo. State Representative Dunham didn't have to leave his chair to cast four votes. One for himself, then for Coleman, Martinez Fisher, and then Vesey. Sometimes the voting is across party lines. Hartnett, a Republican, reaches back to vote for Democrat Oliveda. Democrat Matt Reynolds votes for Republican England, and Republican John Davis votes for Democrat Noriega. Most voters have no way of knowing if their lawmakers are actually casting their own vote. Even though the legislature is broadcast on cable TV, the cameras change from this to this when it's time to vote. But if you're sitting on the third floor gallery... See, what they're saying is the, uh, the camera goes out to the wide shot to where you can't really see what's going on. But if you're in the uh, the actual area, then things are a little different. There appear to be far more votes on the tick board than there were people in the, in the room. Arnie and Laurel Weiss were baffled when they came to see the legislature in action. It seems uh, very inappropriate, and they should do something about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, they're the going to do that. The people that are doing it should do something State about Rep. it. Debbie Reynolds says voting... People just live in a fantasy world uh, about their government and it's how It's shocking, it I understand, but then, you know, what are they supposed to do about it? No, I think what needs to be done about this is people just need to stop paying taxes. Because these bureaucrats, these elected officials... They believe that uh, their laws are so sacred and so amazing, and we just need to obey them. But they don't even obey their own laws. The TV station points that out here in a moment. Other members is done out of necessity. We have a lot of votes. We have a lot of amendments. And there's times when we don't break for lunch, and we don't break for dinner. We don't have Stop bathroom laws, breaks. Then. Right. <laughs> necessity or not, one thing is clear. They aren't supposed to be doing it. According to the official House rules, written, voted, and approved by lawmakers at the beginning of the session, any member found guilty by the House of knowingly voting for another member on the voting machine shall be subject to discipline deemed appropriate by the House. All right. Now, that definition, anybody who has been found by the House to have been voting for somebody else shall be subject to whatever the thing the whatever punishment the house determines. So, it's all upon it's all incumbent upon the house to actually do something about this. Which so, clearly they're not doing. They they're A not bringing anybody up on these charges. B even if they were bringing somebody up, they they probably would go light on them and probably not do anything about it. There's no specified punishment Censure. there. Right. There's no specified punishment. It doesn't say that you're going to spend up to six months in jail. It doesn't say you'll have to forfeit your uh, your payment. It doesn't say you'll be ejected from the house. It just says, eh, whatever the house decides, okay. If we catch you, if we catch you, then we'll just decide what to do with you. But it's obvious they're doing it, 
and nobody is nobody's doing anything about it, and you and I can't do anything about it. We can't go there and bring up uh, bring them up on charges. So you just sort of have to sit there and watch as these House members violate their own rules. There's, there's nothing we can do to stop them either. We can't even not vote for them um, in order to to to, to uh, censure the whole legislature. If we don't vote for them, if as long as they get one vote, they're in. They're in. They vote for themselves. They're in. Let's go back to uh, Josh uh, once again in Texas, just for some thoughts as a Texas resident. How do you feel about all this? Well, I'm just completely disgusted. I mean, I, I knew it was bad, but looking for other people, I mean, it's it's not completely not representative at all. But Josh, they're saying it's necessary. That that's ridiculous. What's well, the excuse of tyrants? Right, it, the it thing, always has been. They consider it necessary for themselves, but they want us to show photo ID when we vote. Mm-hmm. How come, you know, they get the buy and we don't? Because they're better than you, Mark. Apparently. Now, do you pay a state income tax in Texas, Josh? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. Oh, I'm do you work? 13. You're I'm a thirteen guy. Oh, right. There, our young gentleman who is uh, who is on the inside of the Texas uh, school system. Well, f- I'm I'm curious about that because most states do have an income tax, and that would be one way for people to to uh, stop sending money to the state. It's more difficult to not send money to the state government than it is to not send it to the federal government. But it seems to me to be totally appropriate at this point. I mean, the state legislature isn't even following their own rules, but they want us to follow all the rules they write for us. No, no thanks. I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in consenting to your stupid government anymore. It's all a farce. It's a scam, and it is a sham on the American people. Josh, thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate you bringing it up. 800-259-9231. Who can honestly sit there, listen to that audio? Who in our audience can sit there and listen to that audio? And just imagine for a second that you're living in Texas. Imagine that, or imagine that this is going on in your state legislature, and there's a good chance it is. How would you feel about this? Well, what would you do? And do you think it's okay? Well, Ian, they don't get lunch breaks. <laughs> I mean, can you believe this? This is just... I can't... I, I was shocked by this one. I really was shocked by this one. That this was going on. Yeah. I was surprised. I was too. So, uh, again, if you think this is A-OK... I would love to hear from you. Who's going to call in and say that's a okay? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Okay, maybe you don't maybe have to a think legislature member. Wait a minute. Maybe you don't have to think it's a okay. Maybe you just still think the government's legitimate. If you still think the government's legitimate, I'd like to hear from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. In fact, I just saw that it's hit a record low, as a matter of fact. So, getting nearer by the day. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z.org. 1-800-259-9231. Surprisingly, no one called in to say that they thought the state was legitimate anymore. Yeah, I'm not surprised. 
I mean, who could possibly think that? After we just aired a story from a Texas TV station with video, they have video footage of these Texas legislators literally reaching around to other Texas legislators' desks and casting votes for them when they are absent. They're claiming it's necessary. We need to do this because we don't get to go pee. Because they, you know, they claim they don't get bathroom breaks and claim they don't get lunch breaks. And I thought, Julia, your comment was brilliant. Stop making so many damn laws. Well, that's what she said. She said, there's a lot of laws here that we have to be here for. And we <laughs> They're disgusting. So there they are, casting votes that they're not legally allowed to cast. By their own rules, they are not allowed to be doing this. But they're in charge of their own enforcement. Right. And this is the other part I don't understand. Look, if somebody's absent for a vote, they're just absent for a vote. I don't care whether it's because they went to the bathroom, whether it's because they went to lunch, whether it's because they were golfing, whether they're, um, you know, whatever their reason is. Let them explain it to their constituents, the people they work for, um, you know, when when the time comes. Likely they'll never say anything. Can I be in charge of my own police enforcement? That would be nice. Huh. And uh, so, yeah, so it's up. There's, there's nobody who is an authority over the state house. They're in charge of themselves. And so they, they go and they cast votes for everybody else, which is actually, in a way, protecting one another. They're protecting they each other from looking bad. That's because, what they're doing. Yes. Right. They want to be able to go out and tool around and eat lunch and do whatever it is they want to do or just stay home for a day or and go to the baseball game. protecting themselves from the vagarities of uh, you know the wrong people being out at the wrong time and them missing a vote and that kind of thing. That's just not the way it's supposed to be. Sorry. Right. And they, they expect us to sit there and say, oh, well, okay, it's necessary, so I guess all these laws are valid. And wouldn't that, make, wouldn't that mean that if they, were cast, if they were illegally casting votes, that the laws themselves may be actually invalid? Null and void. I don't know. Maybe, they may just, uh, maybe the, what they had, what was she read as far as uh, what the punishment was and, and that kind of thing, was only a rule as opposed to a law. So if the law, if it was only a rule, then maybe the laws are valid. But their words are law. I mean, it's their rules. They're just not enforcing them on themselves. See, it's two totally different standards. We have to live by the rules they write, but they don't have to live by their own rules. And how anybody can sit there and say, well, that's A-OK, I just don't understand. It baffles my mind, boggles my mind that uh, somebody could watch a news story or listen to a news story like that and and still have a, a high opinion of government. Still think that, well, it's just the bad apples. What we need to do is just replace these bad apples with uh, some better legislatures, and then everything will be fine. But I really think that that's how most people feel. I, when I talk to people, I feel like most people think that our government is corrupt, mm-hmm. but if they could just instill their government, it would be A-OK. Right. We just have the wrong the, people We need to get the government. government to do such and such. And it just shows that most Americans don't understand what the nature of government is. And that's understandable because they were educated by the government in government schools to think that government is necessary, to think that government is helpful, to think that government is beneficial. But then whenever it's Republicans or Democrats, and those are our only choices for the most part, that get elected, they all make the government bigger, and they were all engaging in this vote-sharing process. Here you see them scratching each other's backs. Yeah, this is the most visible example of them literally scratching each other's backs, but it goes much deeper than this. When they uh, they trade votes, they they talk to each other after the sessions, and they say, well, if you vote for my bill, I'll vote for your bill, and then we'll get more laws passed into the legislation. Oh, good. As though it was even humanly possible to know what all the laws are these idiots pass every single year. They don't even know what laws they're passing. They no, just they, see they, the title, and they decide whether or not they want to vote on it. So if you know, it says somebody might talk to them it. about it uh, ahead of time, but there's no guarantee of that. Right. 
it's just uh, it just amazes me that uh, the people in America still think this whole government thing's a good idea. That's what I want to help change. I know, Mark, you still like the idea, but uh, really, well, I think that there's even though the government's inefficient, I think that there's certain roles that it uh, it it's, should play. But and I think those roles can easily be handled by the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Well, during orientation in the New Hampshire House of Representatives back in 2000 and 2001, uh, one of the things they told us was uh, never, ever to press the other members button on on their voting station, Mm -hmm. only your own. And don't even be looking around to see how the other ones are voting. Hmm. I mean, you, you definitely should not be influencing your vote on how the other ones are voting on that point. But, uh... Uh, the other thing I learned in uh, committee orientation, when, let's say, the Senate passes a bill and they send it over to the House and the House sends the bill to our committee, which was Environment and Agriculture, okay? Mm-hmm. In this file cabinet, we keep the sacred copies. What's that mean? That's, that's what they call the actual bill, as opposed to our copies that we read and see what the bill says. Mm-hmm. The actual bill with the autographs and everything that's what they call it, the sacred copies. So it, it's quite possible that you're voting on something that has, you know, that it's worded differently than what they've got in, as far as the sacred copies go? No, I'm talking about that they should even call it sacred I see. when it's an inanimate document. Right. But what I, I called to talk about was uh, adoption, okay. which is where the government manufactures these fancy uh, statements and legalizes perjury where they uh, manufacture documents with fancy-looking seals and uh, bureaucrats' autographs on them to say that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones supposedly had a baby in that city on that date when, in fact, they were not even there. Okay? Right. Uh, There's an industry out there that uh, thrives on uh, convincing mothers that they would be unfit to raise their own children. And so, therefore, they ought to uh, let these baby farms uh, sell the baby to somebody for thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. I'll tell you, there's a lot of people out there that are totally unqualified to uh, raise their own children. But but, uh, it is perjury. It is perjury because uh, it's false statements on legal documents. And, Hold on uh, a second. Now, I just maybe I don't know enough about adoption, but what I- what exactly is perjury? I well, mean, it's perjury uh, is the birth certificate that says that Mr. and Mrs. Jones supposedly had a baby. The birth they issue a false birth certificate. Right. I have and, one of these. Um, it says that. Uh, oh, you're saying after the baby's adopted, that's what they do is they make a yeah. birth certificate with the adoptive parents' right, name. Right, but they on don't it. make a, a real one. So they the kid doesn't have a birth certificate, certificate up until then? Well, look, um, most people, most children are adopted at, uh, at birth? Before, before birth. I um, see. The papers are all signed and everything, so the, the birth certificate just comes out. I see. Okay. I was imagining anyway, a kid sitting in an orphanage for a while. Could, could quite adopted. possibly happen. What I'm, what I'm getting at here, though, is, listen to this, they have uh, legalized perjury, and even in some states where queers can adopt legally... They issue this birth certificate to say that this couple of queers had a baby. The federal government needs to make a law against this kind of perjury. I don't know if we need more laws. I just think we need to uh, get the government out of the business of kids. And and what what's so big about this birth certificate anyway? Thanks for the call, Tom. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. And if you like the show, then you can help support us by going and shopping at store.freetalklive.com. You can buy all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise right there. Store.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. See, governments, uh, Just to, we're talking about governments not following their own rules. They don't have to. There's no enforcement provision for the government when they don't follow their own rules. There right. is a chance that a government investigator could bring another government agent up on charges, but there's nothing that you just have to hope that they will. There's nothing you or I can do about it to affect the situation. So whether it be the Texas legislature or your local legislature voting for the legislators that aren't actually in the session, which apparently is going on all of the time, uh, which is in violation of their own rules, or it's the government birth certificate department, as Tom was just pointing out, from New Hampshire, though a little bit of a uh, little bit of a uh, gay person bashing unexpectedly from Tom. Uh, well, he just used the uh, uh, term queer, which I don't think is that, that not is that not a bad term. It, I, uh, I think that it can depends on how it's used. Okay, it's like retarded. You know, if you call something retarded, you're not really making fun of retarded people. It's a word that's sort of just become. No, no, he was saying queers, uh, queers though, but uh, I don't. You know, lots of queers call themselves right, queer. But, yeah, I don't know if that's queer necessarily eye for the straight a, guy. An insult. Queer as folk. Okay. Uh, So there you've got the government filling out birth certificate forms with incorrect information. With a, when a kid gets adopted, they don't put the actual names of the parents on the birth certificate form. They put the names of the adoptive parents on the birth certificate form. And he, as he pointed out, that's perjury. But once again, it's the government doing it. So who cares? The government certainly doesn't. And of course, uh, then again, talking about birth certificates is a whole other issue because. Uh, there's there's some interesting allegations out there about birth certificates and what they really mean and are they really certifying the birth of you or are they certifying the birth of the artificial person that the government creates that it sort of attaches to you interesting uh, sort of sub issue but nonetheless the main issue is the government just doesn't care you know the government doesn't care when it violates its own rules and it does care a lot when you violate uh, its most petty of rules whether it's not stopping at a stop sign or whatever you could possibly face jail time and fines for the most uh, petty of offenses, whereas the government, they're pretty safe. They can pretty much get away with anything they want. It's, it's, um, it's not just the cops, you know? It's the legislatures. It's the people in the birth certificate office. You name it. If you're a government bureaucrat, you're pretty much protected from any sort of... Uh, you're protected from most forms of punishment, I guess. There, there are the occasional ones that will get punished for something like molesting children, but outside of that, there's really not much you can do. Well, um, you know, I think they do uh, enjoy some protections, but the lower you are on the ladder, the less protections you have. As far as the government ladder. Right. Right. Let's go to the phones to Texas and talk to, uh, to uh, let's see, Chris is on the line, on the amplifier line. Hello, Chris. Hey, Ian. Um, yeah, I, um, 
heard you talking about the uh, Texas State Legislature today, and I had seen that uh, story on YouTube. So yeah, it really makes you want to go out and follow all their laws, doesn't it? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely outrageous. I mean, I can't you know, tell you how ticked off I was when I saw that piece. Now, it brings up an interesting conundrum, though, and that is, is that um, we don't have the recourse of withholding income tax, at least statewide, because there is none here in Texas. They mm. get all the money via excises and uh, fees. So it's very little recourse anyway. Yeah, I realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, although there is quite a, um, I don't know, not quite as much as New Hampshire, but there are quite a bit of uh, liberty-oriented people here. Sure. You know, Michael Badnarik's here, Deborah Stevens. Michael Badnarik, by the way, the uh, presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party in 2004, is a Free State Project member, so he's only there temporarily. He'll be coming yeah. here soon. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, actually, I'd like to pose the question to the list, you know, the Free Talk Live listeners and just say, you know, do they have any ideas about how you might be able to drum up more attention to things like this? I mean, obviously, at the national level, it's downsized D.C., but this is exactly the same type of thing that, you know, Jim Babka is always uh, pointing out at the national level, and certainly, you know, it's obvious it's happening well i mean you could start your own downsized texas if you wanted to yeah exactly i guess See, that's and that's that's what always discouraged me and and why i went for the free state project why i thought that yeah this is the only chance there is because you know what can one person do it you know you've got to focus on one little section of liberty and nobody else is and the government's growing faster than you can even expose its growth let alone slow mm-hmm. it down um I, I might have I believed in liber- libertarian principles, but I never did any activism whatever in Florida because I just didn't see any point in it at all. Chris, well, uh, you know, said it's, I'm, I'm just thinking about it right now. I don't know. I'd, I'll be listening the rest of the evening, I guess, to see if anybody uh, suggests anything. But uh, this really got me uh, kind of ticked off. I'm I'm with you. I totally understand where you're coming from. I was ticked off for you, even though I'm not even in Texas. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, because I it's understand shocking. this could be happening anywhere in America. And, you know, what can you do about it? You can certainly talk to your friends and your neighbors, but, you know, most of them are so busy with their own lives, they may they may tell you that, you know, they feel the same way that you do, but at the same time, they may also feel in that uh, they, they can't do anything about it. They may feel helpless. Because look at them. It's both the Democrats and the Republicans reaching around, voting for oh, each yeah. other. I mean, they're obviously working together. They're obviously scratching each other's backs. And so that's sort of, um, it makes you it makes it feel like voting is completely futile. And so they don't feel like, I mean, if you can't vote anybody in that's going to make a difference, then what really can you do? Again, the Free State Project really seems like the best answer to me, Chris. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, it's got to sound like a broken record because it's our answer to everything. But Ron Paul's a good, you know, good solution on the federal level, but as far as making changes at the state level, the Free State Project is the way to go. Ron Paul and Downsize DC on the federal level. Yeah. I don't know how much uh, hope there is on the federal level. I have written it off completely. But then when Ron Paul came along, I started donating some money to him. It's true. Which, by the way, I checked his uh, website earlier today, and I should probably go and get an update here. Yeah, I do want an update myself. But the uh, Ron Paul campaign... It takes a little while to update, though. Right. At the beginning of the week... They had started uh, collecting money with the goal of reaching $500,000 by the end of the month, because the end of the month is the end of the quarter, and the federal election rules require that you send in quarterly reports to show how much money that you've raised. 
And they so they figured they'd get a, a half million dollar boost by the. They started on Monday, and by Sunday it was the end of the uh, week, or the end of the the quarter. And right. they thought they'd get a. Uh, well, let's get a half million dollar boost, and uh, they blew through that yesterday. Day no, before, no, it was day the before, day before yesterday. Day before yesterday, so I know. And then they set it up to a million. Right, they put it up to a million, and I looked this afternoon, and we were very, they were very close to three quarters of a mil. Seven hundred sixty-nine thousand dollars right now. I think they're going to surpass a million dollars, Mark. I, I that's well, that's what they've moved the the goal right. to. So hey, that, that's that's going to be that's a like one hundred and fifty grand. That's like one hundred fifty grand in a day. I bet they're really wishing they put this little thermometer and this flash stuff up here a long time before this. Hey, you know what? It's here now, and <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'll keep using it. I mean, right. It's pretty amazing. It's what works. People like it. well, it gives for me. It gives a tangible look at what's going on in the, the Ron right. Paul campaign. I I feel good. You know, I donate money. I can blink. There it goes. It's great. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Let's talk to Chris. Or excuse me, not Chris. Let's go to Vince in California. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, what's going on? What's on your mind, Vince? Uh, well, first I want to say that I really enjoyed uh, Tom's crank the other day. Yeah, that's that was uh, pretty funny. Those EBB crankers ought to uh, see how to do a good one. I don't know if I would call that a really good one, but go ahead. Uh, anyway, what I want to talk about is what you guys were talking the other day about um, about um, banking and about the business cycle. And I just want to take a bit of a stronger position, and that is that uh, you guys were saying that, oh, uh, it, it, it's much worse when there's a government control of money, but I want to take the position that it never happens when there's not government control of money. And I the think people for that, have been saying that, but go ahead with your reason, sure. Well, the reason the reason for that is that the business cycle occurs because investors make mistakes in their investment, and uh, we have a depression when all of them make a mistake at the same time. Um, right, and no they're making those that. they're making those mistakes because of the government's involvement in the marketplace, screwing up the market signals, so the investors can't really accurately read the market signals. Yes, More in the way, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Archives are online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So don't expect to have to pay to get our archives like those other radio shows. They want five, six, seven bucks a month. They're right there on our site, front page of the website. You just click and download. It's that simple. freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. So um, the caller call, uh, that was the, the guy that was just on the line, Vince said, in California. Uh, Vince had just said that essentially um, that the only that that malinvestment causes causes um, recession, and that the there's only the only way to have malinvestment is you know with government control of money, and it's just not true. Um, think about the dot-com boom for a little while. I mean, mm. you know, that was malinvestment. They were dumping, d- dumping too much money into this internet, this crazy internet's thing, and mm-hmm. some companies went belly up, and, and it caused a, a recession inside that industry. Yes, recessions um, will be smaller if the government isn't involved, and you'll you'll see... They'll come. They'll bounce back faster. Right. They'll, they'll bounce back faster. The waves, you know, it, it won't be nearly the roller coaster it, it was. But you certainly. can't just paint it all. You can't just say it won't ever happen. Right. It's just, you know, sorry. I mean, there's there's business cycles anyway. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Finn in Mississippi. Finn, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good. You? Hey. What's I'm on doing your good. Mind? I wanted to uh, kind of kind of expand on a subject y'all were talking about earlier. Ron Paul, of course, everyone loves him on this show. Sure. Uh, but. 
you know, I, I've been watching that fundraising thing, and, and I can tell you it's effective because I've been encouraged to uh, to give fifty dollars here and there, like two or three times. So it mm-hmm. is very encouraging when you see that little thing going up. I and gotta up. say, I like that. I've even considered giving money to the campaign. At I this can't point. believe it. I but you know, I, I think that there's a whole lot of vocal Ron Paul support, which is great. But I think one thing that surprised me a lot: I just started graduate school, and I met some people immediately that were supporters of Ron Paul. You know, I have a sticker on my car and everything, and we talk about it a lot. But all of a sudden, you know, you start to meet some people that are not nearly as vocal about it, but there's still a lot of support out there. I was walking out of a restaurant the other night with a friend, and he saw my sticker, and it sparked a conversation. I would have never thought he was voting for him, but he's hmm. voting for Ron Paul. So I think he's gaining ground so fast that, that it's really almost hard to keep track of it sometimes. But I'm, I'm really excited to see his success, and I think the money he's raising is a good indicator of his success. I think you're so, right about that. And so you're basically uh, you're saying there's a phantom amount of support out there for Ron Paul that's not necessarily visible. Well, at least in, I mean I've I've met you know I I kind of expected to be like the the one kid in my law school that that would like Ron Paul, but you know right away I met two or three, but then I've met four or five more who aren't as vocal about it. Yeah, but in law it, school so. of all places. Yeah, you know who, who would have thought, right? Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, he's, it's an amazing campaign that is reaching across all kinds of political boundaries. He, I mean, he's got Democrats that are behind him because they understand that the other guys are just liars about war and they're not going to do anything about it. So he's getting a huge chunk of, I think, uh, d- uh, just pe- Democrats that are just upset with their party. You've got, of course, uh, Republicans that want to get back to traditional conservative principles and are sick and tired of where the Republican Party has gone to. Uh, of course, Libertarians are behind him in droves. Even the Constitution Party, I mean, Libertarians and the Constitution Party have endorsed the Ron Paul uh, candidacy. So, I mean, just the uh, the support is incredible. I'm sure the Greens are excited about Ron Paul. I mean, who, who couldn't be excited about this guy? He wants to put your life back in your hands, and, uh, right. and he's the only candidate that's even coming close to saying things like that. And even you know, people that don't necessarily agree with him 100%, I'm one of them. I agree with him probably 90% or mm-hmm. maybe even higher, but he's got something for everybody. And he... He represents change, basically. He's saying something that no one else is saying or has said for a long time. And what I think is interesting is I just begun, and I hadn't had time to watch the whole thing, but I just begun to watch the Ron Paul uh, clips from last night's debate. The I guess it wasn't uh, values; it was the, I think black black debate or something like that, and or minority debate. And it was the one that the uh, the major guys didn't show up at the run, the Rudys and those guys they didn't sh- they didn't show, and it was awesome because they didn't they actually had the podiums on stage empty to really rub it in like yeah, these guys I like that yeah that was really cool uh, but but one of the answers ron gave was sort of rambling and sort of really not it really wasn't very um oriented towards benefits and one thing that uh, this is my one critique with ron paul's campaigning style is that he's just not a very persuasive speaker sometimes he's on target sometimes he's very good at it his opening statement was very good um but some of his answers he gets sidetracked he gets lost in his thoughts a little bit and despite all that he gets tremendous applause he gets um amazing support he gets money rolling in despite the fact that he's no you know he's no harry brown when it comes to sound bites or when it comes to to communicating liberty but the fact is he's up there talking about liberty and apparently that's all it takes as long as you've got one person talking about liberty or and in this case he was talking about ending the war on drugs and you know really just pro liberty statements that no other politician has the courage to say that's apparently all it takes to get people excited you don't even have to be that great of a communicator uh, to really get people excited and, and rally behind you. Ben? Well, you know, there's uh, I agree with everything you said, and something that's interesting um, is 
Mike Gravel, I saw this clip on YouTube, you know, arguably the most acceptable guy on the Democratic side, wanted to sit down. He, he was he ran into some Ron Paul supporters out at an event, and he wanted to sit down, and, and he proposed it on, on video camera. He said, I would love to sit down and talk issues with just me and Ron Paul for as long as he wanted to do it. And I think that would be great because I think that would raise the intellectual level of the, the debate a lot, not that a lot of Americans would get on board with that because they probably wouldn't understand it. Well, but it would be, I, I think it, would, right. it would be a good exercise, I think. That's how they do it, uh, my understanding is, and I'm not uh, over in Europe and I don't pay much attention to their politics, but my understanding is that's how they do it in Europe is when you know they, they get the candidates – to sit down and, you know, just talk about the issues. Really expound on things. Right. Back and forth. That way, you know, it's it, it's not the, the free-for-all that it can be um, with our nine guys, ten guys up there. Or the sound bites where you get 30 seconds or 45 seconds to answer. Right, because you can't handle problems in 35 or 40 seconds. Right. And, in fact, if you've – have you Mark, did you ever go and watch the Google interview of Ron Paul? I think I saw parts of it. It was pretty lengthy. So, um, and you, it, it's pretty also memorable because he really did a great job because he had the opportunity to really expound on his answers. And Finn, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. But Ron Paul's sort of, he's not very good at fitting the 30 seconds. He's not, mm-hmm. he, he's got a lot going on in his head. He's got a lot he wants to say. And it's difficult. Hitting sound bites is not an easy thing. It takes a lot of practice. And uh, if he's given the amount of time that he needs to really express himself and explain himself, he knocks it out of the park. He was sitting down with this Google guy when he was visiting Google, the Google headquarters. They had just a tremendous audience there for Ron Paul. And they spent something like a half an hour or 45 minutes with him on stage. Maybe it was longer than that. On stage, sitting down, that sort of format, mm-hmm. with a Google interviewer and Ron Paul. And they, you know, the interviewer would ask questions, and Ron would answer, and he, you know, he'd ask more questions based on Ron's answer. In many cases, when Ron was sort of fumbling around a little bit for an answer, the Google interviewer would step in and say, like, for instance, they were talking about prescription medications. And uh, I don't remember what the, the question was, but Ron Paul was trying to answer it. And the, and the Google guy stepped in. He said, well, wouldn't you be in favor of you know, getting the government out of the prescription process? And you know, Ron wasn't – I don't think Ron was really thinking about coming out with an answer like that. You know how politicians, they still want to sculpt their answers so they right. don't sound too radical. But then Ron was basically you know, acknowledging what he said, like, yeah, yeah, that would be a good idea. And so you, what you saw was the Google interviewer sort of – holding Ron Paul's hand to an extent, because he got it. The Google interviewer was, uh, he hadn't really, I guess, I don't know how much he knew about Ron Paul before the event. I'm sure he did a little bit of uh, rudimentary research. But he, the, the Liberty message is so understandable, so easy to grasp. The Google interviewer was like obviously grabbing a hold of the message and interpreting it and sort of spinning it right back around and, and actually helping Ron Paul through the interview. I mean, it was just an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we need prescriptions anyway. Why can't people just make up their own minds? And and that's especially powerful coming from a medical doctor, coming from somebody who's part of that industry that, that has an interest, a financial interest in the prescription process. I mean, the, the doctors, they like the idea of prescriptions because you have to come back to them every time you want to get another refill or you want to get your uh, prescription re Sure, unions love protection, love giving protections to their members. So that's what it is. The AMA is a union for doctors. Right. So they cash in on that. But luckily, there are some doctors like Ron Paul that actually, you know, they care more about their patients necessarily than they care about getting another prescription written. Mm -hmm. And they understand that if there's more money in the patient's pocket, that increases their, uh, you know, their 
their style of living and increases their likelihood of being able to take better care of themselves. Um, so it's a good thing. You want to put more money in your, uh, your patient's pocket. You want to be able to save them money. And eliminating the prescription process and just making it so people can go in and buy the drugs they need or, or buy the contact lenses they need or whatever it is they need prescription for would do a lot to increase freedom in this country. 1-800-259-9231. Yeah, I've always thought the glasses prescription thing is just just crazy. Tell it, me about it. It's so silly. Um, you know whether your glasses are working for you or not. Because you can see. Right. I mean, you're looking or through you them can't. at all times. So, you know, I, I, you have to get this new prescription every two years. It's just every, a racket. You have to go to the eye doctor every year. God. I don't, though. It's a racket. How can you see anything, Julia? Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is on the way. Looks like Michigan is planning on shutting down the government. We'll give you the details on that. Talk about hazing or whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231 at the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Looks like the Michigan state government might just be shutting down, which I think is a pretty great thing. Fantastic. Now, of course, uh, some people are very, very upset. Like, well, the bureaucrats that work for the government, they don't like this very much. And, uh, Julia, you're going to give us some details about this. It happens from time to time where state governments, it usually happens to, they've got some budgetary problems or the they can't work out their issues with the budget, and so therefore they just shut down part of the government. Uh, so what's going on? This out of Lansing. State governments start, starting Monday will attempt to limp along with limited state police patrols, no food safety inspections, and just enough caseworkers to protect children and seniors if the governor and lawmakers fail to reach a budget deal that would avert to a, a partial government shutdown. I wonder what happens if we find out that we can live without the government. Well, the, 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 in the states where the government has shut down for a week or so, a week or two, they've been okay. Well, it's and they really, find it out. really funny if you read some of the free, the frequently asked questions from the Michigan State Government website. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. There's all kinds of questions. What if I get food poisoning and I need to report somebody? I mean, seriously. Didn't you tell me once, I mean, you having a lot of restaurant experience, that most cases of food poisoning are actually people getting, um, you know, just doing messing up in their own kitchen or something? That is true. And... I confirmed that the John Stossel book had a section about that, which is why I had been reminded of that. I'd been told before that most food poisoning people automatically blame on restaurants, but usually comes from the home. And John Stossel talked about that in his book a little bit. So it's actually the case that restaurants are, on average, much safer than food prepared at home. Yes. They they have... To please a lot of people. They'll go out of business if they make people sick. They're professionals, whereas if you're at home, you forget to wipe your hands down or clean, you know, wash your hands before you handle something. You just make a mistake, then you've poisoned yourself. But if you've eaten at a restaurant recently, you'll chalk it up to the restaurant's fault instead of it being your fault. 
So anyway, just kind of an interesting aside. Yeah. Go ahead with the story. There was still hope Friday that a shutdown could be avoided if Governor Jennifer blah, blah, blah and state lawmakers could strike a deal before the next fiscal year begins midnight Sunday to fill a $1.75 billion budget shortfall. Slightly more than 35000 of the state's more than 53000 Billions? They have billion-dollar budgets in the state of Michigan? I wouldn't doubt it. It's amazing. <laughs> Detroit's a you know, top-ten metro. I guess so. Sorry. It's okay. Slightly more than 35,000 of the state's 50,000 workers received notices on Friday telling them not to report to work on Monday if a shutdown occurs, while the remainder, including 12,000 prison guards, were told they'd remain on duty to protect public yeah. health and safety. Oh, yeah, they're just going to let all the convicts out because the government shut down. Uh-huh. So well, 30,000 out of 50... And 50- then when they started back up, they'll just ask them all to come back. Yeah. 30,000-plus out of 50,000 state government employees were told they didn't have to come to work? That's true. So does that mean that 30,000 out of 50,000 at the very least are non-essential personnel? Does that mean that over 50% well, of the government to, staff? Well, they have to limp by, Ian. This is an emergency situation. Right, so they're only keeping the essential personnel on board. So does that mean the other Only 30... 12,000 yeah. government employees are considered essential right. by Michigan state hmm. government? Is there a little bit of government waste going on there in the state of Michigan? And, and I know our Michigan affiliates uh, are coming on, a couple of them are coming on board here this hour. So if you're listening in Michigan and you've got some comments on this, are you scared? Are you scared? Is, is it going to be chaos without the government around to protect you? 1-800-259-9231. Uh, Governor Jennifer Granholm said Friday afternoon that a government shutdown would mean most government operations would cease, including food, safety, and gas pump inspections, liquor, de- liquor deliveries, lottery ticket sales, the assurance of driver of driver's license, and construction on state roads. So no more food inspections. So I'm sure the uh, the people are out. Some people are out there very very worried that all of a sudden their favorite restaurant is going to start trying to poison them. Oh, wait, that's right. They have no financial interest in uh, poisoning you. They want you to enjoy your food, so you'll come back and buy it again from them. The the, the fact that there is a health department that goes around to inspect restaurants... Look does, at the ceiling. That's what they right. do. They don't act, that doesn't actually have any effect on whether or not those restaurants are safe. Those restaurants are safe because they're competing in the marketplace with other restaurants to provide food services to individuals. The government inspectors very rarely actually do anything to keep anybody safe. They usually call in advance when they've got their uh, point when they when they're going to come by for a visit, and then when they get there, as you say, they look at the ceiling or they put you know just sit down and have they're a cup there of coffee for a half an hour maybe. I think right. that they may do a small amount to make the restaurant safer, but uh, a private uh, company that would do certifications would do so much more. Absolutely. You so could much have, more. You could have a restaurant certified on a weekly basis if you thought it necessary by a private company. In yeah. fact, there are um, many franchises like Burger Kings and that sort of thing. They have their own internal inspectors. I mean, everyone's heard of secret shoppers where you send in a... a, a a customer, someone that looks like a customer, and they're actually someone working for the company to see if they're getting good service. Well, the, these companies also hire people to go in and inspect their franchise locations to make sure that they're up to code, up to spec, if you will. Yeah, we have. Uh, I work at Panera Bread, and it's a franchise, but um, uh, Panera, when, when you franchise out, they have requirements that um, says that they have to be audited a certain times a year. So corporate inspectors come to our store secretly. Like, they don't let us know. They just surprise, show up one day, mm-hmm. and they inspect everything. And the punishment, if you're not up to par, is that the franchise can't build any more restaurants. And so mm-hmm. if you're interested in growing your franchise, 
all of the stores and it affects the manager's bonuses and stuff like that. So everybody has an incentive to keep things clean and healthy. Highly incentivized. I'd imagine I'd imagine there's more than that punishment. I oh, mean that I'm may sure be one is. of their punishments, but if they violate like twice in a row, if yeah. I'm sure they're given a warning and they say, "Look, you better fix this." Right. And then they ch- they're checked again and they violate again, they'll probably uh, revoke their franchise or and something. And the managers are terrified of the corporate auditors. When th- when we get word that corporate auditors might be coming around, mm-hmm. I mean Everybody starts panicking and, and trying desperately to, to search for things that could be wrong. And, right. But the health inspector? Yeah. Not such no. a big deal. Right. Well, no. a government health inspector maybe shows up once a year, if you're lucky, and will sit there and have a cup of coffee and then go on to the next restaurant. And some of the rules by the health department are ludicrous. I, there's this one rule that we've been sort of dealing with lately, and it's that a trash can can't be within a certain amount of feet by a hand-washing sink or something stupid like that. So we have this area where we can't have this trash can that we had anymore, and it's a really good place for a trash can, but it can't be there because it's too close to the hand-washing what's sink. The, what's the trash can going to do, jump up and get your hands dirty? You never know when they might. I mean, they're, they're out of control, it's trash crazy. cans these days. Uh, so, so okay, so there, there are no more health inspectors, and what were the, some of the other things they were going to cut? Gas pump inspections. Oh, my goodness. What Five dollars a gallon before you know it. No, that's not what they're inspecting the I gas know. pumps for. They they're, make sure that they're actually giving you a gallon instead of uh, 0.75 gallons. Or they, uh, I think they're also inspecting to make sure they start at zero, as though you might not notice that when you were yeah. filling up your gas. Look, buyer beware. Caveat emptor um, when you go to buy things. I mean, that's really all we need is the marketplace to protect us. Uh, business owners and consumer interest groups like Consumer Reports going out and checking on people. Yeah, I don't think that it's the worst thing in the world for the gas inspector. I and mean, He's not the first person I'm going to cut when I start uh, slashing away at government. Mm-hmm. But... I must say that I, I really think that it could be it would be much cheaper to have a third party or um, the franchise itself check these things out. Wouldn't Sitco be interested in people getting a full uh, tank of gas as opposed to the guy who owns the Sitco station? It yeah. just seems to me that somebody could handle this besides a government bureaucrat that probably gets sixty, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars a year to go Absolutely. around and check these things. Liquor deliveries now. Does that mean they have state liquor stores like we do here? Because no, I don't think so, because the article, another article I read says that um, they're just going to just stop liquor, the liquor trade. Why? Well, Private companies make liquor. They can deliver it just fine. People want to buy liquor. Yeah, well, the government, it, you know, they really control liquor pretty heavily, and they want to make sure they're getting paid, I guess, on every liquor transaction. Wow. So uh, they're so probably taxes at the wholesale level or something. That's going to make people very angry. Yeah, no no more government. <laughs> you can't You can't Drink. drink. Yeah. Um, the, the problem with these government shutdowns is that they always come back. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the biggest problem. They usually the go government. F- right. They'll go for a week, and then they'll figure out their little budgetary thing, and they'll come to an agreement, and they'll come back. I want to see what happens when the government finally just says, you know, that the two weeks go by, their deadline for bringing the government back uh, flies through. Uh, because right now they're saying, well, a lot of services will be back in just a few weeks, so you don't have to worry about this. But what if... They didn't for two, three months. Then what would happen? Are you scared? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. The place to go, the features on the site we give away. 
Uh, and those features do include the wiki, over 1,400 pages written by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about, wiki.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com, use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Talking about the Michigan uh, Michigan State government threatening to shut down oh no what will we do without the health inspectors and the gas pump inspectors and the fill in the blank inspectors it'll be chaos everything society will crumble without government oh wait a minute no let's see other states have gone through this they, uh, I don't know, remember what they were, but other states have had this happen. I think Minnesota did New it. New Jersey. Florida did it once. Uh, this has happened. Government has shut down, and everybody's okay. In fact, you'd think that there'd be some stories that would come out during the government shutdown about all the awful ramifications, you know, the criminals running through the streets and uh, gas pump operators jacking up the prices or, or, or whatever. And no, there, there aren't those stories. In fact... It's relatively uneventful. It, Can you imagine what would happen if your gas station um, got caught pumping a tenth, you know, a tenth of a gallon less than uh, the competition? Can you imagine if you were lying to your customers how long it would be before people that read the news ever came back to your station? I mean, if you bought that station from the guy who went out of business, you'd have a hell of a time uh, convincing people to come back. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. would like to hear from you, especially if you're in Michigan and you're going to be affected by this. Are you worried? Are you concerned? Maybe you're a government bureaucrat that's very upset that you aren't going to get a paycheck for a week or whatever the deal is. Julia, what are some of the other ramifications before we go to the phones? Okay, uh, no lottery sales. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no state some lottery. Some people's investments are going to go down the tube now. <laughs> no driver's license no, hold can on be a issued. Second. If if the government is shut down, or at least part of the government is shut down, and they can't actually have the state lottery, does that mean it's legal now for regular folks to have their own lottos? Absolutely not. No. No. Um, in fact, the next paragraph is about three dis- Detroit casinos. They've been given permission to stay open, even though the state is no longer able to oversee them. But they Dear had God. to go to court for that, and wow. a judge ruled that that was okay. They could stay open. Do they, do they have a bureaucrat sitting in the state casino all day long? I mean, what sort of oversight are we talking about here? I can't imagine. Who knows? It wouldn't surprise me if there was a bureaucrat that was paid to, you know, mosey around between blackjack tables just to make sure everything's on the up and up. <laughs> State workers showed their displeasure over the bu- over the budget in passe Friday morning. In pass. Th- during the spirited meeting. Um, hey, I let you go on... Uh... Uh, you, you said it, metro, metrolopatin or something like that earlier <laughs> earlier in the show. Really? Well, it's funny when you come across a word that you either don't know how to pronounce you correct me. Or, or have never seen before. I mean, what do you do? You just have yeah. to read it. Uh, guess That's right. And, yeah, learn something new every day. Next up. Uh, commission. Mm-hmm. Everything okay over there? Yeah. Sorry. The microphone's in a weird position. I'm having, I'm sort of having double vision. Yeah, here that, right that now. happens sometimes. <laughs> the microphone will be covering one eye, and then you're trying to focus on half of the paragraph. It's oh, crazy. So, sorry about that. 
Judy Woodson, a specialist from blah, blah, blah County with the Department of Human Services, told the panel that food stamp recipients were worried about getting assistance if the state closed down on Monday. She said state workers pay their taxes, love the state, and want to work. Of course oh, they love awesome. the state. They pay them $80,000 a year or whatever yeah, that it doesn't, is. Yeah, that, when she says that, it doesn't mean that they love the land of Michigan. That, that She means they love the actual apparatus of government that uh, pays their paychecks. And you know what? As far as the welfare queens are concerned, hey, this is what you get. When you count on the government to take care of you, inevitably there's going to come a time when they aren't able to meet their obligations. They promise they give you all these food stamps or whatever, but oh, here they go, shutting down on you. Do you think the welfare recipients can sue the government for shutting down? I doubt it. So this is what happens. It happened down in Hurricane Katrina when it was a bit more of a life-and-death situation when people were counting on the government to bring them food and water. They died while they waited. <laughs> yes, so, they did. So here you are again. Government has made promises to people. They said, oh, well, you're going to pay these food stamps. Oh, no, we're shutting down. Sorry, you're just SOL. Please don't count on government to take care of you because inevitably you're going to end up in a situation like this. Eight, sh- I'm sorry. Oh, oh. I'm going to go to the phones. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Cal in San Jose, listening on KSCO. Cal, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind? uh, I still have a Michigan driver's license, and I'm still considered a Michigan resident. Okay. And uh, everything you said, it it was going to come to pass. Uh, I actually got to talking with the first husband there, uh, Dan Mulhern, uh, the the husband of uh, Jennifer Granholm. He runs a talk show in uh, Lansing, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the tax situation uh, going on in uh, Michigan, and that, that place is actually is, is a pretty deep uh, kimchi right now. <laughs> what they does are, that mean, uh, pretty deep kimchi? I don't know what that means. I mean, no, what it is is they're, they're in deep trouble. Oh, okay, A lot of their uh, state revenues are being dried up because a lot of the uh, auto manufacturers, as you Tax base is going news, away. Yeah, exactly. The tax base is going away. But the trouble is those people are so entrenched in the government union system Mm -hmm. that they don't know a way out of there. And I tried to say, well, why can't you try to do any tax incentives or any tax breaks to try to at least the entrepreneurs to... uh, Try to at least uh, help uh, restore the economy. Well, that's not an option for them. You know, governments, they don't see going back as an option. They, they can't see cutting bureaucracy and cutting spending as a solution. They just, it's not even on their, uh, their plate. They can't that fathom that it. That because that's exactly what uh, Mr. Mulhern said, because he said, well, we are, we're the lowest uh, uh, of all the states. We have one of the lowest uh, tax impacts on any incoming businesses coming into the state, the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how are you going to be able to raise your revenue then, if if if, if it's so favorable? And then and then I posed them a bigger question: Why would anybody want? To, I, mean, I didn't mean it as a slap on the face because they do like Michigan, but why do people want to go to Michigan? Why? And that was uh, that was the last question I, I gave them there. Yeah, I bet it was uh, the anyways, last question you got to ask. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, you're putting out a good show there, and uh, Michigan, you, Michigan is in trouble. You know, and every state needs to really look at this. Now, perhaps they're not, uh, you know, their major industry isn't uh, going kaput, um, but the fact is, if you want to see your the economy in your state prosper, if you want to increase tax revenue, you have to cut the taxes and cut the burden that's on people. Yep. Because the they'll choice. make more money, and then they'll pay more taxes. 
Cal, exactly. thanks. Thank you for the call, dude. We appreciate it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. We're on all over Michigan right now, and uh, would love to hear from somebody who's listening that actually thinks this is going to be a problem. Somebody's at, somebody that's really worried about what life will be like without all these government services to be around to take care of us. You think that people can actually get along with one another without the agents of the state lurking out there somewhere? You think that's actually possible? 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can take control of the airwaves. If you're in Michigan, we'll move you to the front of the line if you call in. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Updates are there. Get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the list. Updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. So the Michigan government, if it doesn't come to a budgetary agreement within the next couple of days... I think it's on October 1st that they are scheduled to shut down, or at least part of the Michigan, uh, Michigan government will be shutting down. In fact, over 50, over 30,000 of the state's 50,000 yep. employees will not be reporting to work on Monday. And uh, some people are very upset about this. Some people are very worried. And I'm saying, my my point here is, this has been done before. Governments have shut down across the country, and relatively, it's relatively uneventful. In fact, since there's no government doing anything of which to speak, the news agencies actually have to go out and find real news to talk about. Did you ever notice that? How the news is mostly just talk about what the government's doing? New government it's laws. It's awful. I hate listening to it. <laughs> yeah. So the news agencies, in the absence of a government to talk about all the, the freedoms they're right. taking away. They'll have the, to talk about, well, the people that buy their newspapers instead. Or, or they'll have to talk maybe. What I really would like to see in the absence of, uh, of the state is the news agencies shifting to more of a consumer report style thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that would be interesting news. In the absence of these governmental things to cover, they could be covering, well, doing in, little internal investigations on restaurants, hidden camera investigations of car dealers and, and that sort of thing. That, I love that kind of news, consumer news. It's good stuff. Anyway, let's go to the phones, talk to people in Michigan to see how they're feeling about all of this. Are you in Michigan? Do you think you're going to be okay without the mommy government around to take care of you? 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk first, ladies first. Ellen in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ellen. Hi, how are you? Great. What's on your mind? Well, um, my understanding was that um, the government was supposed to shut down today if oh, they didn't reach the agreement. So I don't know if it's Monday or today. You said Monday. It's the first time I heard that. Julia, but, does it specify in your article uh, when they are supposed to shut down? Uh, well, it says that they're not supposed to report to work on Monday. Right, so it's Monday. If they don't fix it over the weekend, then uh, then it's done for. Also, about the, um, the casinos, mm-hmm. um, I heard that what happens is that the casinos themselves have to pay the state to have this overseer person. <laughs> of course they do. So what the casinos are upset about is that, you know, um, Granholm was going like, oh, well, we'll shut down the casinos. 
Um, and the casinos are like, um, wait a minute, we're already paying you for this service. Yeah. Right. So it's not so, like something that's supposed to come out of the state budget. You know, and the funny part of that is, um, do you think that it's it's just the casino that comes out of its pocket for the uh, the inspector? No. It's the casino patrons. Mm-hmm. Because every business business has to make a profit in order to stay in business. And so they make the profit that, you know, the, the salary of this guy really comes out of, um, you know, the, the losses of patrons at the casinos. Ellen, do you have any other thoughts? um, It just, it hasn't even blipped. I mean, we heard it on the radio and even, you know, in the office and everything, no one cares. Yeah. The thought. I, I just I, I can't see that it's going to be any big uh, sh- earth-shattering events. I wonder how long you can guys can go without the government. I mean, really, what if it was gone a year? Well, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting question, right? Because if it was really gone for that long, normally they come back within a week or two at the most. The if only was... thing that would be really a concern are services like um, not even so much the police, um, but like things like EMS and fire. Well, the police will be uh, the police will still be around, and I'm pretty sure EMS. There's and a certain, lot of EMS is volunteers. So. There are certain critical services that they are going to keep online. Um, it's just the uh, the other thirty thousand plus bureaucrats that aren't really that necessary uh, will not be reporting to work. And as far as the EMS and the fire, you can better believe that hospitals and uh, the people that are providing the services like that would figure out a way if it had go- if it had gone for more than a few weeks, they'd probably start figuring out a way to hire some sort of private ambulance service or something like that to get the patients where they need. Need to go if that were indeed services that were being shut down, and, and I don't think that they are. Um, we're mm-hmm. just talking about health inspectors and gas pump inspectors, environmental permits, all the other nonsense uh, that the, that government takes care of. But yeah, it certainly, it certainly would be an interesting thing to see what would happen after a year's time if there were no, uh, none of these government services around. Thanks for the call, Ellen. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Matt in Michigan. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello. Hey, um, I. I think it's absolutely hilarious what's happening in Michigan right now. Why is that? Um, well, they've the Republicans have convinced me to start supporting Granholm. <laughs> uh, here's from their uh, website at www.senate.michigan.gov/gop. Um, permanent impact of a Granholm government shutdown. A state government shutdown would have a devastating effect on Michigan. The state would be unable to recoup recoup the millions of dollars in revenue that would be lost each day. Even a brief grand home shutdown would mean a permanent loss of revenue. <laughs> I know. They're um, estimating that they're going to be losing $3.5 million per day, and How? I think it's absolutely wonderful. What is it? Where are they getting that revenue from? Is it from the, uh, I mean, the businesses? Are they not going to be, are they not going to be collecting sales tax on those days? I mean, where's that money coming from? Um, they're saying it's lottery sales, casino uh. revenue... Um, right, sales tax. Markup. Sales tax is still going to be uh, still going to be collected. But I see what you're saying. There's some things that uh, that the bureaucrats that are doing the collecting are just not going to be around to collect anymore. And oh, poor toll, Michigan, probably toll booths. Right. It's not. It's not. See, the the way they word things is a little dishonest. It's not Michigan that's going to be. It's not the people of Michigan that are going to be in a state of turmoil or whatever the word they used was. Uh, it's the state of Michigan, the people in government, that will be in a situation of turmoil because they'll be out of work. Nah, 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 nah. Any other thoughts? Um, well, uh, I'm just surprised that no one has thought of the grand idea. Maybe we should cut spending instead of just increase taxes. We're oh, just my God. Bl- blasphemy. Blasphemy. You mean those small government Republicans haven't even put that idea forth? 
Um, there's been a few proposals, but mostly from the Republicans. They're just saying increase income taxes 10%, where the Democrats say 18%. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that's how it always is with the Republicans. They 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 say they're the government the the party of small government, and they're just not. They've been lying to us for so long. Um, I, you, you hear them talk like, we've slashed government back to the bone, everybody. That's right. Come on. <laughs> Please. It cannot be cut back any further. All they're really doing is cutting the, uh, as you're saying, the amount of increases a little bit. Oh, oh, yeah, we only want 10%. I'm running for city council here, and a local politician actually told me that he has been looking for the waste for 30 years, and it doesn't exist. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Total crap. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. And good luck with the chaos that's coming forth in Michigan. We'll have to, ca- we'll have, to have people call in, check in throughout the week, next week, because uh, the Michigan government's going to shut down, right? And all these bureaucrats aren't going to work. So we'll have to get reports from people that are actually on the ground. Yo, what's it like out there? Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, nothing's <laughs> happening. I, who, wait, the government's not working? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Nobody I'm, cares. Wait, oh, wait, you know what? I went to work today, and there weren't any state troopers on the road. So I actually got to go. I got to work faster. And I went through the toll booth, didn't have to pay. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. 800-259-9231 if you're in Michigan and you're scared. Would really like to hear from There's got to be somebody who's frightened. Somebody who's getting a nice big fat check of some sort or another probably is scared. Let's continue. Somebody who's, they should know. go out and get a real job like everybody else. Yeah, well, they it should. Depends, it depends on the type of check they're getting. I mean, I, I think that there's Welfare. people with uh, certain types of disabilities, and they've they've really come to rely on uh, the government. I'm not saying that there aren't better better ways of handling those people, but you know, I'm not willing to go and and st- tie them all to a stake and set it on fire. But some of them I would. Let's go to the phones and talk to Mike in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mike. Hey, you guys. Hey there. What's on your hey, mind? A l- little bit of question. Let's get to the root of the problem. Um, I'm actually a <clears throat> government worker. Ah, bureaucrat. Um, and let, let, let's just take a real look at the problem. And I've brought this up before on your guys' station. I work for the city of Kalispell. I'm a garbage man. Mm-hmm. Okay? Can't privatize garbage because they, they the state, the laws, the way, it, the, the way it works is it's like a liquor license here. You have to, there's only so many out there, and one private company owns it, which is a lot higher price than the city of Kalispell. We don't pay taxes on fuel. We don't pay licensing. We don't pay anything. I make $26,000 a year, okay? So here's the root of the problem. You'll tell me we about it in a moment. Hang on, Mike. We'll bring you back, okay? 800-259-9231. You can't privatize garbage services. That's weird. It's private here. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now. 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support us, then you should become a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month at amp.freetalklive.com. We take that money in and use it to promote the show, to get on more radio stations across the country and uh, spread the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's valuable to you, go to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more about the program and get signed up, and learn about the perks you get access to as well. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Montana, talk to Mike, listening on KGEZ. Mike, you work for the Trash Bureaucracy. Now, it's not actually a real bureaucracy. It's a government-approved monopoly, which is like the next thing, next best thing to a, a bureaucracy or next worst thing, however you want to look at it. Um, 
So you work for a private company that has a monopoly deal with the government, the state government, to pick up people's trash. Is that correct? No, it's it's a city it's a city organization. What it is in Montana is that there's so many, there's only two licenses available in this area to handle waste products. Okay, mm-hmm. in Missoula, which is two hours south of us, there is one company that picks up trash. You want to take your trash, take a pickup load to their dump. It's 120 bucks a pickup load. Here Good in Calistell, yeah, here in Calistell, it's nothing because you pay fifty six dollars a year through the county government because the county owns the landfill. So you pay $56 a year, and I don't care how many pickup loads you take, it doesn't cost you anything because you're paying it on your taxes. The root of the problem, and where, where I'm getting it, I agree with you guys. I mean, you know, there's, there's too much bureaucracy and so forth, but that's just one little instance. Um, there, there, there was a water company in Idaho that they sold their water. The city run it. They sold it to a private company. Oh, sounds like a great deal. You know, let's do a public-private partnership. Next thing you know, private company owns it. People are paying $200 a month for water. I pay $68 a month to $80 a month for my water through a private water company. I, City of Cowspail, you pay 29 bucks. It's cheaper, okay? The problem is, is in the City of Kalispell, where I work, and I'll give you the exact fact numbers, no, no. we have 45 managerial employees. Good okay? Lord. We're talking 60 to $100,000 a year. Like I said, I make 26000 a year to pick up your trash. It's a lot of chiefs. A lot of chiefs. Or, here's the number that's going to blow you away, 74 employees. <laughs> okay, run them by me one more time. 45 management employees to 74 working that's employees. That's more than, more than two to one. Right. Well, well, yeah. Exactly. That L- is the root of the problem. There is, there is spots, and I believe this. I... I you know, I believe that their private industry can do things a lot better, you know, uh, uh, in a lot of instances. But when you're talking a water plant that there's only one in the whole state, you know, I mean, somebody's got to run it. Private industry is going to hose you on that because they have a monopoly. You right. have to get rid of, one, the monopolies. Second of all, you have to get rid of this management problem. I mean, like I said, I make $26,000 a year and I pick up people's trash. I love my job. You know, it's a good job. Don't get me wrong. But I ain't getting rich by any means at that in Montana. Right, a so lot of these I have problems. Somebody, you know, above me making sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and he ain't even educated as much as I am. Wait a minute, that's the problem. That's where your tax dollars well, are going. It's, it's part of the, the problem, absolutely, and that's a way that one would streamline government. But a lot of these problems are created by government in general. Like for instance, they'll say there's, um, you know, they'll make it illegal to compete with somebody based on water, and they'll make it illegal not to hook your um, your house up to city water. You can't dig a well in certain areas. Um, you can't dig a, uh, a septic tank in certain areas. Right, they make it illegal you... to pick up trash um, you know, and compete with somebody who has a medallion or a, a certification from right. the state. And so it's a government, that, it's a problem the government creates, and then we have to sort of solve around it, and that's how the market's messed well, up. Well, I think you even pointed that out, yeah. uh, Mike, is that you know, the, the, the problem is the government-approved monopoly, not the fact that it's being run by a private organization, but the fact that no one else can jump into the game and compete. Well, exactly, and there, and there are certain things that people have to step back and look at. When you when you look at a whole subdivision area and you have houses that ain't 10 feet apart from each other, you don't want septic tanks all the way through there. You have to have a sewer system. That's how it works. The problem is is that, of course, you cannot put 50 sewer systems in one area. So there's going to be one sewer treatment plant to take care of things. Now, 
if the government I don't know do about that, that. right that's the way it is right but what we what you're what we see today is how to deal with these problems who knows how technology will fix these things who knows how the private industry would would go about doing it I, we know that uh, in often cases um, cities do these things and and they usually do a pretty bad job of it overall um you know, I I would like to see the market open for that. At the very least, give somebody the opportunity c- to compete to figure it out. Yeah, that much is the case. Hey, thanks for the call. Oh, uh, we appreciate yeah. it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I just like to point out that here in Keene, New Hampshire, there are several trash companies that one can choose from. In fact, there are several landfills. You don't even you don't even have to have trash pickup. There's not even a law for that. Like if I just wanted to throw trash in the back of my pickup truck and take it to the landfill, I could do that. That's what we did when we moved here, and I actually had a pickup truck right. before it got wrecked. We took the trash ourselves, and it was like four bucks a pop or whatever. It, they they weigh you when you go in, and then they weigh you when you leave, and then you get charged based on the the amount of uh, poundage that you dropped off. Right. In addition, now it is a city landfill. That much is true, but there are other landfills around, so you can go. You can choose your landfill. Well, you could do here. that. Where what he was talking about, there was one where you could go for a hundred and twenty something dollars, and the other one where, well, it's paid for for fifty four dollars a year in people's mm-hmm. taxes. Um, and but the thing is, once again, it's about licensing. What if I want to open up a landfill? What mm-hmm. if I think that I can make a bunch of money by handling a landfill, and I can charge just a little less, provide just a little better service than the city? I'm, you're never going to be able to do that. Can you imagine trying to get a permit? To open a landfill? Yeah, the city's landfill hours suck. I mean, it wouldn't be hard to compete with them. You know, they're open for like two hours on a Saturday or something like that, and it's just awful. I mean, you'd have to own, you'd have to have all kind of acreage and uh, then ask to be able to do it right in the middle. You know, I've got 10,000 acres and I want to put 100 right in the middle and turn it into a landfill. I, you'd, you'd be crazy. The customer service is better, too, in the private uh, garbage picking up services around here. It's just small differences that I notice. But first of all, if you watch the garbage trucks drive around, it's quite different than back in Florida where I lived. The government mm-hmm. monopoly granted garbage trucks. And also... Why, why is it different when they drive around? Oh, well, the government ones, or it's not... It, in Florida, it was private companies, but they were they were they had an agreement with the city that they could be the only garbage service right. pickup um, in the county or whatever. But there was like five people hanging off the back of the truck and <laughs> and people driving and and here it's, it's one probably guy. A union. Yeah, here it's one guy and he gets out and picks up the garbage. He drives and, and picks up. Right. You have a choice with recycling around here. You choose to either have them pick up your recyclables or not. Right. There's no mandatory recycling law. Right. Which Though there, there was are in some in New Hampshire. Some towns have that. Towns. Yeah. At least it's a city thing and not a state thing. Right. Um, and then also, I like to put. We have our garbage in Rubbermaid tubs so that raccoons don't knock them over and stuff. I'm not sure if you've ever tried to use a, a not approved government or a not approved garbage can. With oh yeah. The, I mean, they just won't pick up your trash. They'll leave it there. Right. I, in many, yeah, I, I did. I had often um, cases with the uh, the folks in Florida that they just wouldn't pick up my yeah. trash. Uh, we don't we don't like how long your limbs are cut. We don't yeah. like they're not bound together properly in the right amount. Of, I'm sorry, that weighs too much. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 that's construction trash, Mr. Edgington. That's not regular <laughs> trash. I mean, they have all kinds of rules. I haven't had any problems here no. Um, no. since, but I haven't been doing any construction either. So uh, you know, I I. I think it's a better system. I believe in competition. I really don't have anything um, from that point of view. But. Let's go to the phones to the fun and talk to Manuel in New York. Manuel, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. How are you doing, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? 
Well, <clears throat> the thing is that most people, um, there's probably no one out there that loves 100% of the government. Some people hate gun control, some people hate welfare or war or, you know, trash pickups. So, but the problem is they don't really see that, you know, instead of saying, well, this is a problem with government itself, they come up with one of, one of three things. Increase funding, uh, pass uh, transparency laws, or put the right people in office. And they think that with that, the problem will just go away. Yep. So I think these are the challenges that we, you know, we have to talk about. Yeah, and the problem is the agency itself, the institution of government, the concept right. of government. Right, right. There's no but amount the, of reform that can actually fix how broken government as an institution is. And it's broken because it's an agency of coercive force. That's right. And, and you know, they take half of the step. They say, well, it's not working. But then instead of saying, well, let's, let's get rid of it or abolish it or whatever, they say, well, let's try to fix it. So then, you know, you, this is not really a step towards liberty. Yep, exactly right. Manuel, any other thoughts? No, that's it. Thanks for the call, dude. All right. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. We are uh, just about out of time, but still to come here, hopefully uh, tomorrow night on the live Saturday show. Got great stuff we just haven't gotten a chance to get to, including a story from one of our listeners about what it was like in basic training and the abuse that... He and some of his uh, his fellow soldiers suffered at the hands of sick, sadistic sergeants and that sort of thing. It is a, uh, a mind blower, though it'll probably ring true for uh, many of our military listeners. Well, we will talk to you tomorrow night online in the meantime. FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.